This is episode 340, Addressing Relationship Anxiety with Gabby. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everyone. So excited to have you here, getting ready to take off soon, hopefully soon for maternity leave, have a bunch of fresh episodes for you. This last last weekend, I re-aired the very first episode I ever did on the podcast back in 2015, talking about why I wanted to do the show, talking a little bit about about my background. And that was, I cannot believe that was seven years ago. This is crazy, crazy. And I just so appreciate each and every one of you, especially those of you who've been with me for seven years. That's just so super cool. So today's episode, we're talking about relationship anxiety. And I think a lot of us can relate to this, whether we're in a relationship or not, we tend to have anxiety about, you know, is this the person? Am I getting it right? Have I dealt enough with my issues? So on and so forth. And one thing I really presence with Gabby is that, now, sometimes I think we're just so hard on ourselves when it comes to our growth. We have just such high standards. We're so hard on ourselves. We have these massive expectations. And we all need to loosen up and lighten up a little bit and have a little bit more compassion for our humanity. That doesn't mean that we resign. It just means we have a little more compassion for our humanity. So I hope that comes through in the episode today. As you're listening to this call, consider... Do you have an avoidant attachment style? Is that something that you've dealt with in the past and you still see it popping up in relationships? Do you have anxiety when it comes to being in a relationship? Is there a part of you that thinks you don't know how or you're too broken or you can't do it? Do you have unrealistic expectations or do you think you have unrealistic expectations of what you think a relationship should be or could be? And finally, do you really feel like you've done enough inner work and enough clearing to attract a healthy relationship that's based on your vision and your values versus your past wounds? So as I mentioned, we do talk about the avoidant attachment style briefly in here. And I did a group coaching call on the three attachment styles. It was a really great call. I explained them in depth. I take questions and you can go back and purchase that. It's only 20 bucks. If you go to christinehasler.com slash group coaching replays, you can grab it there if you want to learn a little bit more about attachment styles. All right. And now onto my coaching call with Gabby. Gabby, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to speak with you today. I've been going through some major long-term relationship anxiety, and I guess I'm getting a little bit tired of it. So I, I'm really, really uh, interested in hearing hearing some of your thoughts. Um, I feel like I've kind of been in a cycle where I've been in romantic relationships that start out great and then kind of change dramatically. And this has been throughout my adult life now. At one point I was engaged and I ended that relationship pretty close to the wedding, uh, which was was devastating and, and then moved on to a different relationship down the line that again started out great and then led to some 
emotional trauma with some silent treatment and some verbal abuse that was new to me. So I tried to manage it and have some compassion for um, learning together how to handle things. And I do have some history from family in terms of divorce and some avoidant behaviors, passive aggressive, abandonment issues. So I'm very aware that those those come up in different places in, in my relationship. And I mm-hmm. put a lot of work into some therapy over several years and just being aware of those triggers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I think at this point I'm very aware of like okay, what do I, I feel like I have an amazing life in so many different areas mm-hmm. and I'm putting in a lot of work and I, I feel like the people that I'm in relationships say that they're really, they feel really loved by me. And yet it feels like it just inevitably keeps ending. Um, and it, I guess it feels like I'm got, kind of going backwards in mm. this one area in, mm. in my life. And so I really, you know, I, I'm at a place that I'm starting to really evaluate, like, what else can I do? Yeah. Or, um, yeah. Well, first, the first thing you can do is have some massive compassion for yourself and not see yourself as broken or going backwards. Sometimes we need things to intensify and that's, that's actually evidence we're going forward because stuff is coming to the surface quicker. We're moving out of patterns quicker. We're moving through something quicker, right? So it's not like mm-hmm. you're calling me at 70 years old and telling me, you know, this is a pattern that I've had for my whole adult life. This is something that just seems yeah. to be an intensifying. And sometimes with our deepest soul lessons, that's what happens. Things just really, really intensify. So, you know, that that kind of anxiousness even a, it applies to like how you're seeing yourself, right? You're anxious about how do I, quote, you didn't say the word, but I'm using the word fix this, right? Yeah. So- That's the first thing is can you just like put your hand on your heart right now and one hand on your belly and can you just take a couple of deep breaths and just have compassion for these lessons, this soul curriculum that you're going through right now and like really, really trust yourself Mm -hmm. and like really trust yourself to take good care of yourself. Yeah. And what comes up for you? When you do that, it it feels empowering. You know, it reminds me that that I do take care of myself in so many ways, and you know, I um, I'm super independent, and I have an amazing life, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm proud of myself yeah. for everything that everything yeah. I've created. Yeah. You know, for myself. And, and then it also brings to mind like, geez, I really want this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really value family and I really value uh, love and, and kindness. And I want to, I feel like I have a lot to give. Mm-hmm. And so it makes me sad that it's kind of led me to feel this, that I'm almost closing off a little bit and feeling like, I can't trust people as much. Yeah. Well, you do have a lot to give and you also deserve a lot too. And it sounds like the people you've drawn in, you know, you deserve more. It sounds like the the people you've drawn in maybe more kind of come from 
old issues, your past, lower self-worth, that type of thing. And this is an opportunity like right now, it's maybe it's not so much about how do I find a relationship, but how do I really become an excellent partner to myself? How do I really meet my own needs? How do I really look at, you know, because whatever our attachment style is with our parents, we tend to be that way with ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. you really want to try to move into a secure attachment style with yourself as much as possible, which means when, you know, something's, you, you notice yourself judging yourself or you notice yourself abandoning yourself, you, you repair. Secure attachment with ourselves doesn't mean we're perfect. It just means we come back to really like, okay, wait, that's not the direction I want to go. I want to be with myself in a different way. Because oftentimes, again, relationships we draw in kind of reflect two things, our, our primary wounding from our primary caregivers and then our relationship with ourself. So you've done a lot of work. You've done a lot of therapy. I don't want you to have to rehash it, but if you could just summarize for me, what do you think these relationships have taught you? Like, what do you think your, your soul, your psyche, your higher self is attempting to heal through some of these relationships that have ended? Mm. I would say in the most recent relationship, it really taught me the need for me to be my own advocate and learn to stand up for myself uh, and use my voice in conflict. I I grew up in a pretty avoidant household Mm -hmm. um, where conflict was was looked at really negatively. Um, And so instead, people would kind of take space and end up being passive aggressive. And so having some major confrontation and a relationship felt really scary to me. And I would completely shut down and um, literally just kind of freeze. And, And I think in this most recent relationship, it taught me to show up in a new way for myself where I could recognize what was mine and what was someone else's and um, be very aware of how someone was showing up with their own trauma Mm. because they weren't feeling great about themselves. And I didn't necessarily need to take it all on as my own. And sometimes just being very aware of, okay, this person is saying really, really hurtful things right now that, that don't make sense. And, And through therapy, I really learned that in those instances, it's not it wasn't productive feedback. It was, they were lashing out um, because they were hurt. And it really allowed me to have some separation and not take on everything, every critique as, as something that I had to hold onto or, or fix or make better about myself. Right. Right. And so can you see how you've needed these relationships to have some ah ahas? Mm-hmm. about your childhood, about how you view communication, about how you view conflict, everything like that. Like these have been incredible growth opportunities. They haven't been failures. Yeah. You know, they they haven't been losses. Um, you know, even the people that you say, okay, well, it was going well, but then they left. Well, they probably were avoidant, <laughs> right? Because that's mm-hmm. the kind of attachment you know. And so this is this is all from my point of view, Gabby, this is all just growing you. Every relationship challenge moves us closer to a healthy relationship. But if we judge and can constantly try to fix and think something's wrong with us, then 
we're not really coming from love. We're coming from judgment and it takes longer to shift. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? It does. It makes a lot of sense. And I also acknowledge that something I continue to try and grasp is how do you know, just because I didn't have a great example of what this looked like, how do you know when you keep putting in time and effort and, and working through issues in a relationship? And how do you know when it's time to, when it's just not the right fit? Well, it's it's tough to answer because every situation is different, right? So from my point of view, it's like, are both people willing and working towards the issues and are there, is there progress? If only one person is working towards the issue and there's really no progress, the other person says they're willing, but their actions and behavior don't match. You know, they're not really doing it. And you keep spinning in the same loop. And even if you get help or, you know, outside help, it's still not shifting. Then that's, that's kind of a no. But any relationship has challenges. Any relationship has challenges. And that's part of the growth. Just like we grow as humans through challenge. It's not the only way we grow, but it's one of the primary ways we do. We grow in relationship as challenge. But if you're kind of the only one putting in the work and the requests aren't being met by your partner, there's not an open vulnerability. There's not a real a realization that each person's resp- 100% responsible for the 50% then it's sort of like you're spinning your wheels. Does that give you some clarity? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I've felt at times like people would put an effort most recently in trying to work through the reality of very different communication styles during conflict. Felt like they had really shown up in, in trying to manage that. And we had been in, uh, in couples therapy and made a lot of progress there what has come up in um, kind of separately around communication was I would get to a point where I would identify and try and communicate some unmet needs. And it felt like that would almost make things go in a different, like in a negative direction. Mm. Can you give me an example Um, of, of of unmet need and how you communicated it? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess for me, physical touch and words of affirmation are, are important for me to feel, feel loved and felt like for a while I was trying to communicate that and saying like, I would even kind of read up different ways of, of suggesting, um, physical intimacy and it wouldn't really result in much. Mm -hmm. So then I also mentioned it in couples therapy. Um, and we had a really honest dialogue about what it looked like and kind of how often it would be helpful for us to have some physical touch. And it was agreed upon as like, yeah, that's really realistic. And, um, that's something that I can do. And then afterwards it went the opposite direction where Mm -hmm. it was even, even less. And so Mm -hmm. I gave it some time and, uh, we, we touched on it a month or two later in therapy and the acknowledgement was basically, yeah, like we had that discussion and I don't know. I just, I don't ask you for things that you don't feel comfortable in doing. And I just don't feel like it's something that like is fair or reasonable for right. me to be 
be working on. Right. Right. And when you think back to your dad, how was he at honoring your requests and meeting your needs? He was really good, actually. Mm-hmm. He was very loving. Mm-hmm. He was, he could be really emotional, um, emotionally available. Mm-hmm. And then he could also be really, um, at times he would be completely closed off. So you right. never really knew what you were going to get. Right. So my dear, that's not really good. That's confusing. Yeah. Right. And so that little girl is still subconsciously bringing in people like dad. Yeah. You just can't quite get it right. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that's going to be really important, and you know this from listening to the show, is that you're going to have to be really good at meeting your needs and really consistent with yourself. Because look at the emotion this is bringing up, right? It was very painful to sometimes get love and affection, emotional availability, and then sometimes get a closed door. That's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. And a lot of times it did... um it did look like silent treatment. And I would just, I remember just saying like, Oh, I can't, I don't want to make dad mad. Or if he was mad, I would try and figure out why he was mad and try and it would set me in a place that I was really kind of frozen and waited around for him to be back to his normal self. And um, kind of ties into the abandonment issues too, yeah. of like just yeah. having a few instances where he would just leave um, physically. Yeah. Yeah. When I was trying to talk to him, he would acknowledge me. Yeah. Yeah. So if I were in your shoes, I wouldn't be dating right now. I wouldn't be um, focusing my energy and time on trying to get a relationship. I would really look at, okay, like I've done a lot of work and there's layers and it's really time for me to heal this wound with dad, to help this little girl inside of me really heal this and Mm -hmm. complete it so I don't keep playing it out and dating. Because with the emotion that's still present, my love, my senses, and again, I'm not right about everything, but my senses, you're going to keep drawing in men like dad, because there's still like a really deep longing for him to show up. There's still a lot of hurt there. Yeah. And so again, I come back to, this is all part of growth. <laughs> this is all part of calling in a relationship. This is all part of healing. There's no like five alarm problem here. Mm-hmm. And I respect you've done a lot of work. I would hone in on grieving the dad you never had. So that part of you stops looking for him, like really grieving Mm -hmm. and completing that so that you can really attract someone from where you want to go and not where you've been. And that's two parts. It's like working with the inner child, helping her grieve, helping her understand it wasn't her fault, really working with her. And then there's, there's also you being that 
consistent, available, heart-centered, present person to yourself as well. Mm. Yeah. 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 I guess uh, I'm curious on what, like I've done some child, inner child work. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the idea of being consistent and available, really that word available uh, is um, something I'm curious on your thoughts of how to show up for yourself in that way. I feel like simple. You could do a daily practice. Maybe you've heard me suggest this on the show before where you look at a picture of her or you journal right to her right hand. If you're right-handed, you'd use your right hand for your adult self, your left hand for your child self. If you're left-handed, flip it. Um, But just a daily check-in. How are you doing? What do you need? I'm here. Like imagine if every day your dad came up to you in the morning or night and said, oh, Gabby, I love you so much. How are you today? Is there anything you need from daddy? And you had that every single day. And if you forgot a day because he was out of town or got busy, he said, I'm so sorry I wasn't here yesterday. I was thinking of you and I'm here now and know that I'm, I'm, you're so important to me. You know, like he corrected if there was ever a day he went without that. Like imagine what that consistency would feel like. Yeah. Feel pretty amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So simple. It's just that simple check-in, looking at a picture, talking out loud, hand on heart, hand on belly, really connecting to that inner child, feeling her, or writing, like I said, just that, mm-hmm. that daily practice, Gabby, of just being consistent with her. Yeah. Instead of consistently looking for the problem, right? And what to heal. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that leads to some obsessive thinking. I feel like after the first few months in both of these long-term relationships, I felt like at first I was super, I I felt really peaceful and like excited and um, like it was the right fit. And then once there were some issues coming up, I think I would just kind of get to a place of feeling like I was constantly back and forth of like, is this right? And, and I'd worry about making the wrong decision. And and then I would go back and forth and maybe a few breakups and get back together. And and that's been a cycle like for over 10 years of kind of that back and back and forth. And it's just, I know it's not healthy and and it's not, it's, um, it's exhausting, you know, it's exhausting, but that's, that's why we can do it for so long. Cause that inner child is so committed to getting what they didn't get from mom or dad. So even though the adult is like, why am I doing this? I'm exhausted. The inner child is like, but yeah. wait, I know we can get it. I mean, it's the same reason a child can play the same game 400 times in a row. And the adult is like, oh my God, like how many times can you jump from the trampoline to the beanbag chair? Like, isn't this getting old yet? And the child's like, nope, I'm still in it. So we really want, it's, please know it's little Gabby. It's not you. So you may judge yourself of like, why do I do this? It's you, but it's also a part of you that's really leading that. Does that make sense? Right. It does. And especially, I I think you, you mentioned earlier the idea that some of the actions um, were confusing. Right. And so when I take a step back, which I'm getting pretty good at kind of taking a pause through all this therapy, I feel like I can 
say, wow, like, look at some of these actions that I'm doing now are a little bit confusing. I'm, I'm putting myself in these situations that I'm constantly confused and I'm going back and forth and trying to fix a relationship to sit mm. to ending it. And I mean, that's just, it's like, a it's a mm. lot of, a lot of confusion. And, mm-hmm. and that was how I, how I experienced childhood was, mm-hmm. um, you know, one day dad was great and loving and sweet and fun. And the next day he would be right. silent and avoidant and mad, yep, which is traumatic. Yeah. Which is traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. So does this give you some direction? It really does. Great. Yeah. Great. But massive piece is big compassion. Stay emotionally available to yourself by being compassionate. Really. Yeah. 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 I've been doing a lot of heart and belly holds and great. I find that really, really comforting. <laughs> great. 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 You're doing great. Well, this is all part of being human and healing and evolving. And you're not broken. There's nothing, you know, catastrophically off here. When that obsessive mind comes in, say, no, we got a plan. We got a plan. We got tools. We're working with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It helps to just be more aware, more aware of that cycle. Because yeah. I think I've put in a lot of work in some areas, but the idea that's really come up today is the idea of um, this, the feeling that I'm getting yeah. um, by being, being in situations that are confusing is, is very similar to yeah. that experience and, and kind of unfortunately re- reliving childhood trauma, which is yeah. um, why it probably feels so, so overwhelming at times yeah. Yeah. where I've gotten to the place that sometimes I've just thought like, yeah, sometimes I've just thought to myself, am I going to be happier by myself? Like I like yeah. being by myself, you know, there's, a lot less stress and mm-hmm. there's a lot less confusing. <laughs> well, and for now even. that may be the best, the best thing, but it doesn't have to be yeah. forever. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Gabby, for all the work that you've done and for how self-aware you are. It's beautiful. I think you're in your early thirties. I see that from your questionnaire and it's beautiful to be this far along. I know that 32 may seem old, <laughs> but I'm, trust me, it's not. In so many ways, it's just the beginning. The main thing that came through in this call and something I spoke about in the intro was compassion. So there was a lot of roads I could have gone down with Gabby. I really could have dug deeper. I could have asked her more questions. We could have connected more dots, but my intuition just kept telling me she's done the digging. Like she's done the digging. She, she knows things. This is really about having compassion with herself because I felt like if we got her in a space of a space of compassion and acceptance, then whatever really needed to be revealed would be revealed. And so that's where I started with her, just really reassuring her, Hey, this is normal. This is, this is how we learn. This is how we grow. It doesn't mean you are super messed up or have all these issues. It's just par for the course of how we learn and how we grow. And when she got to that place of compassion and was able to connect, you know, hand on heart, hand on belly, and I could feel her nervous system slow down, then I asked her about her dad. And if I recall, she said it was really good. And then she kept talking and revealed, no, it's not really good. And just kind of her saying that, you know, not really from the beginning, identifying that it wasn't healthy, 
is an indicator of kind of where she is with it, right? There's still a part of her that's in a little bit of a fantasy relationship with her dad and can feel the pain. Like you felt the tears come up, but also kind of holds him in this pedestal as well and has this longing for him. So simply put, she's going to be dating guys like him because there's a part of her that's still in love with dad. And I don't mean that in a weird way or inappropriate way. It's very normal for us to look at our parents that way because they are everything in the beginning. They are everything. You know, I know with this little girl being born, we're going to be her everything. Not forever. That wouldn't be healthy. But in the beginning, when she's she's little, that's developmentally appropriate. And so when the people that are everything can't be everything to us in the ways that we need, oh, it's devastating. And it's an open scab, an open wound that we just carry around and we look for it in others. And you know this because you listen to the show and you've heard it. So that's why it's so important to do that family of origin healing and really, really grieve our parents and really help bring that little one into present day. So we stop picking people that are like them. So that's your biggest, well, two biggest takeaways. One, massive compassion with yourself, with your process, with your growth. And two, really look at where you're still hanging on to your mom or dad or something from your past, and you keep drawing in people or experiences that are similar to that in some way, and then wonder why your relationships aren't working out. (laughs) Because they're not supposed to, right? We're not supposed to have relationships that, well, okay, let me say it a different way. We have relationships that trigger our childhood, but there are relationships for healing, right? They're not the relationships that go the distance. If they do, they can be pretty difficult because our wounds are constantly coming up unless your partner and you are really willing to work through those and grow together, sometimes relationships just become frustrating because our wounds just keep bouncing off each other. So there's so many lesson-based relationships. I call them journeyman relationships, issue-based relationships, fantasy-based relationships that help illuminate where our wounding is picking. You know, I hear a lot of people say, my picker is off. Well, your, your picker is just being influenced by your wounding. <laughs> that, that, that's why it's off. So we got to look at that and explore that. And once we heal that, then we're picking from our present day self, our adult self, and we're attracting someone that's more in alignment with where we want to go than where we've been. All right, everybody, that is the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.